0: In December 1970, a blaze erupted at an iconic downtown landmark, resulting in a tragedy that still holds the somber distinction as Tucson's greatest loss of life. But it was also one of Tucson Fire's most heroic efforts. I'm Greg Garinger, and coming up on the Tucson History Podcast from 1030 The Voice, the Pioneer Hotel Fire. Downtown Tucson has experienced a renaissance in recent years. New hotels, condos, restaurants, and bars have emerged, transforming the landscape. But there are still reminders of a bygone era. At 100 North Stone is a rather unspectacular 11-story building, housing offices, and apartments. Its bland facade of concrete and vertical glass striping maybe appeared modern for a short while in the late 80s and early 90s. It's likely that many residents that live, work, or play in downtown Tucson are completely unaware of the bones that lie beneath that exterior. Just six weeks after the Great Wall Street Crash on October 29th, 1929, a new hotel opened to great fanfare. It was a dream project for a longtime Tucson resident and one of the city's richest men, Albert Steinfeld. The pioneer's construction cost Albert $1 million, nearly $16 million in today's dollars. Steinfeld's wealth had come from mining interests, the consolidated bank, and the city's largest department store, Steinfeld's. He and his son Harold set out to create a hotel unrivaled by its luxury. They hired local architect Roy Place to design it. Place was the main architect for U of A throughout the 20s and 30s. He chose to go Spanish Revival with the Pioneer, which was all the rage at the close of the decade. The Pioneer was Tucson's tallest structure at 11 stories. It featured a rooftop garden and the largest ballroom in America at the time. Civic leaders saw it as a source of great pride and a testament to the bright future that lay ahead for Tucson. And one of the biggest boasts was the modern Pioneer was fireproof. For decades, everybody who was anybody in the old Pueblo attended banquets, parties, and galas at the Pioneer. And its luster didn't fade quickly. Its guests over the years included Newt Rockney, Will Rogers, Western star Tom Mix, Eleanor Roosevelt, Liberace, and even Lyndon Johnson. By December 1970, the hotel was showing its age, but it was still playing host to large and elegant events. On the evening of Friday, December 20th, over 350 had gathered in the main ballroom for Hughes Aircraft's holiday party. The festivities continued past midnight. Then, between 1219 and 1220 a.m., Tucson fire dispatchers began receiving a series of calls. Tucson Fire Department asthma. Uh this is the downtown shoppers garage. Uh, there's a deputy out here and somebody's yelling fire over near the Pioneer Hotel. A car is on fire. Car on fire at the Pioneer Hotel? Hotel. Pioneer Hotel. Tucson Fire Department. This is the Pioneer Hotel. I think we have a fire on the seventh floor.
1: On the second floor? Seven, I seven.
0: Engine 1, Engine 2, Engine 3, Ladder 1, Ladder 3, and Rescue 1, Pioneer Hotel. Fire reported, 3rd or 7th floor. Firemen on the first truck that arrived at 1222 witnessed a woman leap to her death as they were extending the first ladder. Station 1, you're responding.
1: Truck station 1. 3 approaching the scene. Do we have any instructions?
0: By 12.23, the first three fire engines had arrived. At 12.45 was the fourth and final alarm. After Chief Leonel Peterson's appeal that all help was needed on scene. Firestar, four alert on this. we we'll need all help we can get the scene. Four, engine nine, ladder four. 80 North Stone Pioneer Hotel, fourth alarm. A massive amount of manpower and equipment had arrived. 11 engines, 3 ladders, 5 medical rescue trucks, and 203 firemen. The blaze was spreading rapidly up the open stairwells, with non-fireproof carpets, wallpaper, and holiday decorations acting as powerful fuel, propelling the fire with extraordinary speed and engulfing the 4th through 11th floors. On each floor,
1: about the middle on the uh, west side of fire coming out one room go to the eighth floor right off that, uh, the, the entire
0: it was an easy exit for those still in attendance at the Hughes aircraft party in the ballroom and while it was most certainly a scary experience guests on the third floor and below made it out with relative ease but it was far more difficult for guests on floors 4 through eight and terrifying for those on floors 9 through 11. Ladders only extended 100 feet, hindering rescuers' ability to reach those above the 8th floor. The north fire escape was blocked by the fire. It wasn't long before some guests began fashioning ropes from bedsheets in an effort to escape the blaze. And in an act of utter desperation, a few others even threw mattresses out of windows and leapt, hoping they could land safely upon them. Uh, People behind and going and maybe off. They would not survive the fall. Rescue units at the scene take resuscitators to the sixth floor. Tucson firefighters valiantly rescued 84 guests.
1: We've got a victim up here now. She's bleeding all right. She's unconscious. We're gonna have to try and get her.
0: Including those on fire escapes, window ledges, and even drain pipes. On the ninth floor, we have some people on the balcony. Ambulances ferried the injured to TMC, nearby Carl Hayden.
1: You want to use Carl Hayden instead of TMC then?
0: And even to the VA hospital.
1: VA, I just talked to the doctor in charge there. I think he said he could take about
0: 14. With an orange glow hanging over downtown, crowds in the news media had gathered to witness the spectacle. Despite an initial shortage of air packs for breathing, and issues with aged hose couplings in the hotel. Firefighters were able to eventually get hoses to each floor to extinguish the blaze. The fire was declared under control at 1.16 a.m., less than one hour after the first calls. The crews spent the next two and a half hours going room by room with the somber task of searching for victims. They're tying a white cloth around the
1: doorknob on after they search each room. Security check. All victims have been located. There's a total of eight. We found more victims up here. We made some other decisions to get them out. No no rush. They
0: are already gone. Let's have the living. By 3 a.m., they reach the 11th floor penthouse to find Albert Steinfeld's son, Harold, and his wife, deceased. 6-1, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Steinfeld, Okay. Harold had sold the hotel to another owner several years before, but maintained the penthouse as his residence. Chief officers on Amcarrier, be advised that the room room search has been completed. Have you reported all victims that have been out of this building? That's negative. Back. We
1: have a few more yet. That's it. 247.
0: Okay, thank you. In the end, 29 would die, including several children. Most victims succumbed to smoke inhalation in their rooms, and there were the handful that chose to jump before being burned alive. 34 first responders were injured, including 19 that needed treatment in a hospital. Firefighters began leaving the scene by 3.22 a.m. Many would suffer post-traumatic stress disorder as a result of their involvement in the Pioneer Hotel fire. This in an era when we knew little about it. Frank Tamayo, one of the firefighters on scene, later recalled, We put it in the back of our minds and we didn't want to talk about it. It hurt. It was terrible. I'm Greg Geringer. With us on the Tucson History Podcast, veteran firefighter and one of the creative forces behind the documentary Hot Pion, On, Albert Piscata. What year did you start, Albert, and how long were you a firefighter?
1: I started in um, October of 1969. I was a fireman at Tucson Fire for uh, 27 years, four months, and then I went to the Northwest Fire District
0: for 16 years, eight months, so a total of 44 years. Do you remember getting the call that night in December of 1970? I sure do.
1: I was off duty. I was in bed. It was like, I can't remember, 12.30 or 12.45 in the morning. They had a recall of all the personnel, and I'm not sure how many, 250 or whatever, and uh, we all went to uh, Station 1 and gathered up and checked in, and we walked over a road over, I can't remember, to the Pioneer Hotel.
0: And Station 1 at that time was on the southwest corner of Broadway and 6th, where the TEP building is now, right? Right. What were your first impressions when you arrived on scene? I just couldn't believe it.
1: We walked into the uh, lobby, and there was firefighters just resting in the lobby It looked like they'd been through hell. And one of those firefighters was my brother. And we made eye contact, and I was very happy to see that he was okay because we
0: heard rumors that one of our firefighters was killed when he fell off a a 45-foot ladder. And that fireman Pete Trujillo wasn't killed, but he did shatter his pelvis and never came back to the department.
1: Uh, That's right. And my brother and him were on the tailboard of uh, Engine 7, one of the... Station seven units so I was concerned about my brother, but uh, I saw him what were you
0: tasked with first?
1: split up and, and worked details in groups and went up to the upper floors and, and made sure that the fire was completely extinguished because there were hot spots you know there were 11 stories they are all on you know on fire so you had we had to work our
0: way up and make sure that they were all were uh, extinguished. In addition to some issues with an early shortage of breathing packs and hose coupling problems with the hall boxes, what was something else that created challenges that night?
1: There were some firefighters they were asking for help, we'll say on the fifth or sixth or seventh floor, and the firefighters were going up the stairwells. the doors lead to the hallway weren't marked like five, six, seven, and they were like almost like lost in the smoke and then
0: and, and the fire. They didn't know where they were at. The people on the first three floors didn't seem to have any trouble getting out. Where did the real problems begin? The problems were from the fourth
1: floor to the 11th floor, because there was two open stairwells, and they acted like chimneys. Fire, smoke, and gases went up
0: from the fourth floor all the way to the 11th floor. You guys did an amazing job with the rescues, but it's also impressive the blaze was declared under control less than one hour after the first call.
1: It's common knowledge and that fire went up pretty quickly for the extent and amount of fire we had, uh, you know, approximately an hour.
0: So that's pretty, pretty good for fire from the uh, fourth to 11th floor. After that, the room by room search occurred. Did you go into any of the rooms? I
1: did go into some rooms. Yeah, several rooms, and uh, I was just amazed of, of, on the devastation of some of the rooms. And then the other rooms
0: were almost virtually untouched besides uh, smoke stains. Some personnel and equipment started leaving after 3 a.m. What time did you leave the scene, and what was the next day like for you?
1: We left six thirty or 7 in the morning, because I had to work at 8 at Station 10 at and Park, Park. So went home got to clean a clean set of uh, uniforms and went to work at eight in the morning at station 10 home park and uh they let us sleep for a few hours
0: and then we got up and started washing holes and, and cleaning equipment some firemen probably did experience ptsd afterwards did it stick with you uh yes and right after the
1: fire we were instructed by a our administration, not to talk about it, because they knew there were going to be some lawsuits, you know, to the city of Tucson, and uh, so we weren't allowed to talk about it. So we were afraid to talk about it because we didn't want to get in trouble and defy a, a order of, you know, not making comments. But for all these years, we hardly talked about it. And then when I did the, uh, the hot pie on uh, short film documentary, we interviewed uh, I don't know about five firefighters. And the stories they were telling me, I was just simply amazed. I did not know they went through hell. Uh, I didn't know. My own brother was talking about what he did on the aerial truck, removing uh, people from the upper floors.
0: We never talked about it because we were told not to. So tell me a little bit more about the documentary you were involved with on the 40th anniversary in 2010.
1: We produced a short film documentary, and we have it in the Library of Congress in D.C., it premiered at the 40th anniversary of the fire at the Fox Theater. We had a full house. Did you need go back to YouTube and put in Hot, H-O-T, Pion, P-I-O-N. And the reason we named it Hot Pion because the sign on the roof of the Pioneer that night malfunctioned. And they used to say Hotel Pioneer while well, they said
0: Hot Pion. And that was kind of eerie. So what was the legacy of the Pioneer Hotel fire? What things changed afterwards?
1: The uh, fire codes were uh, were improved. First of all, they required uh, sinker systems in all buildings or a certain amount of feet, I think like 75 feet. And uh, also no open stairwells. All stairwells had to be, whether interior or exterior, had to be enclosed. And uh, some of the materials needed to be... Uh, fire retardant, and there was a, a, numerous uh, fire codes that improved the safety of, of people. And then also, within the city, we bought a uh, articulating, elevating platform, which was the tallest in the United States, called the Firebird, or a Firebird,
0: and it was 150 feet
1: tall, articulating platform.
0: Is there anything else in your career that had as big of a lasting impact upon you as the Pioneer Fire?
1: Yeah, the Pioneer is always on my mind. I mean, I always think about it when I go downtown. But I was also, when I went to Northwest Fire District as an assistant chief, uh, I was first in at the um, Safeway Gabriel Gifford shootings, 19 shot, 6 dead. So that was all
0: a large incident, which... Kind of like still haunts me. And you were also involved with something special that happened on the 50th anniversary last year, right? So last year, we put up a real nice plaque for the 50th anniversary.
1: You walk in the front doors and you make a lift, and there's a real nice plaque commemorating the uh, that night and all the names of all the victims on there. It's a bronze plaque on the wall.
0: Very nice. Thanks, Albert, for your years of service and for being part of the Tucson History Podcast. Well, my pleasure. I'm Greg Geringer. The Tucson History Podcast is a production of 1030 The Voice and Bustos Media. Thanks for listening.